Welcome to this edition of Back to Basics with Pastor Brian Broderson. Demons are alive and well. Idolatry is alive and well. We have to take it seriously. Stop being careless with your spiritual life. Stop trying to live on the border and get yourself fully planted in Christ and live for Him. And remember, you can make an idol of anything. All of us have the potential to do that. Today on Back to Basics, Pastor Brian continues his study in the book of 1 Corinthians. Join us as Pastor Brian concludes his teaching on 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 14 through 22, in a message titled, Idols and Demons. Now, here's Pastor Brian. Back in the second chapter of Ephesians, Paul speaks about the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience. So he's speaking about the devil. He's speaking about this, this force that's, that's in the air. It's the spirit of the age. See, as we look at the world Today, we wonder how have things gone so crazy so quickly? How has it just become this chaotic thing that is not limited to any one location? It it just seems like the whole world is in this chaotic state. This is the activity of the demonic. This is what they do. And as I'm saying, this cannot be defeated by anything that we in ourselves can conjure up. This can only be defeated by the power of God. So those are the demons. What are the idols? And I want to consider what are the modern day idols. So we have a bit of an understanding of what the idols were like in Paul's day, at least some of the temples and the different gods and goddesses that were worshipped. And as I pointed out previously, we still have literal idol temples in many places around the world today. So remember I pointed out that just at face value, without any need to try to take a principle and apply it to where we're at here in Southern California, there are people all over the world that have an idol temple that they go to, they offer sacrifice, they eat a meal, they do that. So the application to them is is very simple and straightforward. Don't do that. But when we talk about idolatry for us, then we start to wonder, well, what, what what does that mean today? What does that look like for us today, particularly in the West? Well, maybe you remember Pastor Chuck used to talk about an idol being anything that was the master passion of one's life. An idol was anything that that took the place of God, basically, became the thing that you were devoted to. Timothy Keller put it this way. He said, an idol is anything more important to you than God. Anything that absorbs your heart and imagination more than God, 
Anything that is so central and essential to your life that should you lose it, your life would feel hardly worth living. Therefore, one can make anything into an idol. It's true. An idol can be anything. It could be another person. It could be a group of people. It could be a material thing. It can be an ideology. It can be an identity. And what we are seeing in the culture today is an increase in idolatry. That's what's happened. We have become a nation of idolaters. That's the explanation for what is going on. And it's not just limited to our nation. But we are steeped in idolatry. And we do have actual idol temples that people go to. And then we have these other kinds of things that people would not even necessarily understand our idols, but that's exactly what they are because they are the ideologies or the identities or whatever it is that they are living for, that they are committed with everything in them too, and that they are believing that this is where my happiness and this is where my fulfillment and this is where my meaning and purpose in life, this is where it comes from. It's happening all around us. Common cultural idols are money or possessions. We could include that. Power, sex, self. Now, the ancient idols, they were these images that represented these ideas. So all we've really done in the modern age is we've done away with the images sometimes, but the ideas are still there. The ideas are still very much in place. You know, in, in the Old Testament, the books of Kings, for example, the ministry of Elijah, you have all these references to Baal and to Asherah and these idols that were worshipped in the land. And did you know that these were fertility gods and goddesses, but the means of worshipping the fertility gods and goddesses was through sexual activity. So... The idea was that these gods and goddesses, because it was fertility, it had to do with agriculture, it had to do with crops and things like that. I mean, they had created these stories where these gods and goddesses actually had sex with the created world and produced the crops and things like that. So their followers were to do similar kinds of things. So sex has been an idol for millennia. It's not new. That's why when we read in the pages of scripture, we find that, again, with sexual things, for example, we find that many of the behaviors that are current were happening then. People talk about various sexualities as being progressive. We are progressing in our understanding of sexuality. So we're no longer limited to the idea of heterosexuality. We're no longer limited to the idea of one man and one woman for life. Uh, those are archaic. Those are outdated. We're progressing. We're discovering new understandings of sexuality. Problem is they're not new. 
Turn to the book of Leviticus. You can find them right there. Thousands of years ago. Because these things have always been the case. So money, power, sex, self. And I think N.T. Wright, he put it well here. He said, in describing what happens when a person engages in idolatry, he said this, when human beings give their heartfelt allegiance to and worship that which is not God, they progressively cease to reflect the image of God. One of the primary laws of human life is that you become like what you worship. What's more, you reflect what you worship, not only to the object itself, but also outward to the world around. Those who worship money increasingly define themselves in terms of it and increasingly treat other people as creditors, debtors, partners, or customers rather than human beings. Those who worship sex define themselves in terms of it, their preferences, their practices, their past histories, and increasingly treat other people as actual or potential sex objects. Those who worship power define themselves in terms of it and treat other people as either collaborators, competitors, or pawns. These and many other forms of idolatry combine in a thousand ways, all of them damaging the image-bearing quality of the people concerned and of those whose lives they touch. Now, N.T. Wright is a Bible scholar. He is basically just putting in contemporary terms what the psalmist said. In Psalm 115, and also it is repeated in Psalm 135, this is what the psalmist said. Idols have mouths, but they can't speak. Eyes, but cannot see. They have ears, but cannot hear. Noses, but cannot smell. They have hands, but cannot feel. Feet, but cannot walk. Nor can they utter a sound with their throats. Those who make them will be like them, and so will all who trust in them. So that's what happens. You give yourself over to idolatry and you become the thing you worship. But remember, the power behind the idol is demonic. And the demonic intention for human beings is destructive. Demons have one goal with people, destruction. But they lure the temptation, they lure people in with the idea that, oh, this is going to be wonderful. This is going to be fulfilling. This is where you're going to find out who you really are. This is where you're going to have that success that you've longed for. And people take the bait. They go in, but they find that they do not deliver what they promised. So here's the question. Where is the church in danger of engaging in this kind of idolatry. So in Paul's day, here it's obvious what the situation was. And again, there would be Christians in certain parts of the world where the exact situation that Paul described would be something that they would also have to deal with. But since most of us aren't tempted to go to the idol's temple and eat the sacrifices... Where is the application for us with this? Well, 
There are a few things I'd say. Number one, churches that seek to accommodate the culture's sexual norms are engaging in idolatry and fraternizing with demons. And believe me, this is happening. This is happening all over the place. Churches are, you know, churches which are to stand upon the word of God and churches which are to put forth the standard of God and, and, you know, the ethic of the scripture in sexual ethic and otherwise are caving in to the cultural pressure and no longer willing to call out sin. This is an idolatry. It's like the culture is idolizing sex and the church in some segments of it is just jumping on board with the same thing. A few years ago, a friend of mine that I've gotten to know, his name is Sam Albury. Sam is British. Sam is an Anglican vicar by his ordination originally. He spends a lot of time in the U.S. today. He's an author of several books. He is a same-sex attracted person who lives a celibate life in his dedication to Jesus. He was brought before a synod in England where some in the Church of England are pushing and promoting same-sex relations, marriage, ordination, all of those kinds of things. And because they're pushing that, they're pushing back against people who would oppose it or disagree with it. And, and Sam is there in this synod. And I mean, it was like a Martin Luther moment where he's standing before all of these you know, leaders of the Anglican church. And he's basically saying, I am trying to live as a same-sex attracted person. I'm trying to live out the biblical sexual ethic and I am being persecuted by you for trying to live the way Jesus told me to live. That, that is a reality. That's happening. That's one thing. Here's another. Churches that have replaced the message of God's grace with a political message are engaging in the idolization of politics and fraternizing with demons. That is happening hugely in the church in America today. It's no longer the gospel being the center, Christ being the center, sinners needing to be saved. It is now we got to save the nation. It's a political message, and it is idolatry. It is idolatry. You know, you can live in a nation, be thankful for the nation, be patriotic about the nation, but when you start to worship the nation, you have crossed a line, and that's what many are doing today. It's an idol. And it brings in the influence of the demonic. And one of the ways that we can see the demonic influence in this is the division that it is creating 
and the slander and the hostility and all of those things that are being said within the Christian community. You know, the church is probably more divided today than it's ever been in my lifetime, for sure. I mean, there, there is a civil war within the church. I, I was watching a video the other day of a man who um, is part of another denomination, but the denomination is, you know, kind of split down the middle when it comes to political ideas, but not, it's not like one is obviously in a, in a camp that you just could not possibly be in and, and the other is, oh, they're just so clearly right that how could you resist it? It's more nuanced than that. But I was listening to the interview of one of the persons who is kind of in that side of this denomination that would be, I think, given over more to idolizing the nation. But the thing that was fascinating to me was how he saw things so clearly that God was on his side and their side and that all that they were saying and doing was for the sake of the truth and the gospel and those who were opposing them were basically the enemy. But the people that he's talking about who were opposing them, they're not liberal, whacked out, deny the Bible people. They're people who love Jesus, love the word of God, faithfully proclaim the gospel, but they have some nuanced political differences. So this then turned them into the enemy. And I'm watching this and I'm thinking, wow, this is just reminiscent of the Civil War because remember in the Civil War, you had the North and the South and guess what? Both of them thought that God was for them. They both thought they were serving God. They both thought that the cause that they were fighting for was the cause of God. And that is happening in the church today, and it's become an idol. Thirdly, churches that have rejected the authority of Scripture and put human reason above God's word are engaging in idolatry and fraternizing with demons. And this is happening in so many ways. That God's word is no longer the authority, but, but human reason and wisdom now trumps the word of God. And so, well, we know the Bible said that, but now we know today that that isn't true. And so this is how we understand things today. And the Bible evidently got it wrong in this place. Churches take that kind of a position. And those that do have fallen into idolatry. They're idolizing human reason. They're idolizing the intellect. And they're opening themselves up for the demonic. Now, this is where I began today. Don't think of demons only in the context of the Gadarene who was screaming out, cutting himself, and living among the tombs. That's one manifestation of demonic activity. And I would say that's the desired place that demons want to take humans to a place where their lives are so decimated by, by sin and bondage that they are like that man of Gadara that we read about in Mark chapter five. But remember, the Bible also speaks of doctrines of demons. 
And like I said, the demonic can be very sophisticated. When you look at some of the historical heresies that rose up in the early centuries of the church that were all entangled in Greek philosophy, some of these arguments are so amazingly sophisticated. You read them and you think, wow, that, that's high-minded stuff there. Well, that's demonically inspired. So we have to understand that. There are doctrines of demons that we must be on our guard against. And there is even a wisdom that is demonic. According to James chapter 3, James warns about a wisdom that shows up in selfish ambition and bitter envy. And he said that wisdom is not from above but it's earthly, it's sensual, it's demonic. It's demonic wisdom. So demons are alive and well. Idolatry is alive and well. We have to take it seriously. And Paul's whole point, as I said to them, is really... Stop being careless with your spiritual life. Stop trying to live on the border and get yourself fully planted in Christ and live for him. That's what Paul is saying. And remember, you can make an idol of anything. All of us have the potential to do that. John Calvin said that the human heart was an idle factory. I think he was right. We can, we can make an idol of anything. We can just put things before God. And we end up worshiping and serving those things and understand this. When we do that, we will give the devil space to work in our lives, and we really don't want to do that, do we? We don't want to give the devil any space at all. So one way we can avoid giving him any space is to make sure that we don't tolerate idols, that we don't let something take the place of who God is to us that we are not trying to find our fulfillment, we are not trying to find our happiness, our purpose, our acceptance in ideologies or in identities or in any of those things, that's idolatry. But that we find our identity, our purpose, our life in Christ, worshiping him and him only. John, the apostle, closes his little letter first john we call it with these words little children keep yourselves from idols
For the month of March, Back to Basics Radio is offering a book titled The Powers of Darkness and the People of God by Pastor Brian. With all the chaos, unrest, and uncertainty in our world, behind it all is the unseen realm where a spiritual battle is being waged. And this spiritual battle not only affects the world collectively, but even our lives individually. This month's book, The Powers of Darkness and the People of God by Pastor Brian, will give you an understanding of the battle that is raging behind the scenes. You will understand the enemy who is waging war against you, his tactics, and how you can be equipped to emerge victorious. As people of God, we must be aware of the spiritual battle we're all involved in, the sophisticated ways in which we're constantly being attacked, and the provision for victory we have in Jesus. If you want to be equipped for the spiritual battle we're engaged in, or to be able to help others become equipped, we encourage you to call us right now at 1-800-733-6443 or visit us online at backtobasicsradio.com to order The Powers of Darkness and the People of God by Pastor Brian. And when you give a gift to Back to Basics, we'll send you this book as our way to say thank you. We do appreciate your generous support of this ministry. We'd also like to remind you that all of our other resources are waiting for you at backtobasicsradio.com or by calling our request line at 1-800-733-6443. That's 1-800-733-6443. Our desire is to encourage you in your daily walk with God. We'll continue tomorrow with more valuable insights from Pastor Brian as we study together in the book of 1 Corinthians. Back to Basics is the preaching and teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California.